that we are going to look at is going to be from the book of Samuel. So what is special about 1 Samuel? As we began, I read from 1 Samuel 2, Hannah's prayer. And I reminded you that this was a prayer Hannah prayed to the Lord when the Lord blessed her with the son. In Hannah, when in a prayer, there is something that is very easy to miss. Turn your Bibles to 1 Samuel 2 verse 11. I'm going to read that verse to you. 1 Samuel 2.11 And this is what it says. It says, He will exalt the strength of his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. Look at Hannah talking about a king and talking about an anointed person. Many of us have had babies in our life. Yes, it is a happy occasion when a baby comes into the family. It delights the mother. It delights the family. We all praise God for the child. But it is very rare when we praise God for the child that we use some of the words that Hannah is using here. Hannah is talking about a king. Hannah is talking about exalting someone who is anointed. My brothers and sisters in Christ, at this point in time in the Bible, there was no king in Israel. There was no king at all. But why is Hannah talking about a king here? Before the book of Samuel, when you look at the book of Judges, in that you will see chapter after chapter the Bible will say in those days Israel had no king in those days Israel had no king judges 18 judges 19 all of these books will declare that the book of Samuel comes right after the book of Judges. Why is Hannah talking about a king? The first point I want to land with you is this. This prayer that Hannah prayed, thanking the Lord for his goodness, is a prayer that is also prophetic. It also talks about the coming Messiah. Hold that one thought with you. Let me draw your attention to another important aspect of the book of Samuel. We are going to look at some of these aspects and then dive into the heart of the message. Uh, 1 Samuel 1 is a turning point in the history of Israel. If you look at the very first verse of 1 Samuel 1, the Bible uses certain words. It says there was a certain man from Ramathayam. 
அங்கே நாம் பார்க்கிறோம் சோபியும் எனப்பட்ட ராமதாயம் ஊரானாகிய ஒரு மனுஷன் இருந்தா the same words will be used in judges chapter 13 2 அதேதான் <laughs> Now when you come to Judges 13.5 There is a very important detail there The book is still talking about Samson And the Bible says This is the angel of the Lord giving a promise to Samson's mom and dad The Bible says you will conceive and give birth to a son no razor may be used on his head because the boy will be a Nazarite set apart to God from birth and he will begin the deliverance of Israel from the hands of the Palestinians Philistines See God desired that Samson will be the beginning person who delivers Israel from the Philistines. ஆண்டவர் பெலிஸ்தீரின் கையிலிருந்து இஸ்ரவேலை மீட்டெடுப்பதற்காக முதலாவது தெரிந்து கொண்டவர் பாத்திரம் That same vision is continuing into 1 Samuel. அந்த அதே தரிசனம் 1 சாமுவேலை தொடர்ச்சியாக வருகிறது. Because we see as soon as Samuel becomes the judge of Israel God continues that vision that he had. ஆண்டவர் அந்த தரிசனத்தை தொடர்ந்து செய்கிறார். Look at 1 Samuel 124. 1 Samuel 1st அதிகாரம் 24th வசனம். Very important detail in the Bible. ஒரு முக்கியமான ஒரு கருத்தை அந்த இடத்திலே வேதாந்தம். It says after he was weaned. This சொல்கிறது அவன் பால் மறக்க பண்ணப்பட்டபோது. She took the boy with her. அவன் அவள் அந்த குழந்தையை எடுத்துக்கொண்டு. This is Hannah taking the child Samson to the temple. அவன்ிலோ அன்னால் தனது சிறு குழந்தையை தேவனுடைய ஆலய சீரோவில் இருந்த ஆலயத்திற்கு In some of your bibles if you look at the small print உங்களுடைய வேதாகமத்தில் இந்த ஒரு காரியத்தை The bible will say not temple but tabernacle வேதாகமம் சொல்கிறது ஆலயம் என்று சொல்லாமல் தேவனுடைய கூடாரம் என்று சொல்கிறது Pay attention to the small details I'm going to bring it together இந்த சின்ன சின்ன காரியங்களுக்கு உங்களுடைய கவனத்தை செலுத்துங்கள் அதை சேர்த்துக்கொள்ளுங்கள் Usually when we read the bible நாம் வேதாகமத்தை பொதுவாக வாசிக்கிறோம் We tend to miss these details நாம் சில நேரங்களில் இந்த But if it's written there is a purpose that it was written. அது எழுதப்பட்டிருக்கிறதென்றால் அது எழுதப்பட்டதற்கான ஒரு நோக்கம் உண்டு. Here is another insight. இன்னொரு ஒரு காரியம் என்னவென்றால் Have you ever realized? நீங்கள் எப்பொழுது அதை நினைத்ததுண்டா? Sarah, Saral, Rebecca, Rebekal, Rachel, Rahel, all three of them were also barren. அவர்கள் எல்லாரும் குழந்தை இல்லாமல் இருந்தார்கள். See they did not have children in the beginning. அவர்கள் ஆரம்பத்திலே அவர்களுக்கு குழந்தை இல்லை. But when those children were born to these three women, அந்த குழந்தைகள் அவர்கள் மூன்று பேருக்கும் பிறந்தபோது they keep the messianic promise that God gave to Abraham. அவர்கள் ஆபிரகாமுக்கு தேவன் சொன்ன அந்த ஒரு Same thing is happening with Hannah. It was Samuel who anoints David to be the king. 
Samuel was the only one prophet who was a kingmaker. This barrenness has a very important significance in the Bible. Yes, it is an emotional problem. Yes, it is a family problem. But barrenness stands in the way of fulfilling the promise of God. What did God promise Abraham? He said your generations will be like the sands of the seashore. What did God promise us in Genesis 3.15? He says the seed of the woman will be the one which crushes serpent's head. When, you are, when a person is barren, those promises are not fulfillable. But yet all these important women in the Bible, including John the Baptist's mom, was barren. Hold that thought with you. I am drawing your attention to certain important aspects in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 1. We know, we know the story that God gives Hannah a son. But we miss these details when we read those stories. Let's go to the very first chap verse. 1 Samuel 1.1 How many of you when you read 1 Samuel 1.1 you skip it very quickly? I'll read it and I'll tell you why. There was a certain man from Ramadayam. A Zufite. In the hill country from Ephraim. Whose name was Elkanah. Son of Jehom. Son of Elohu. Son of Tohu, son of Zufu, and Ephraimite. When we read the Bible, when we encounter such verses, what do we normally do? What am I going to do with all these details? First, to pronounce it itself, it is so difficult. But then the question is, why has the Lord written these words in the Bible with such detail? And aside information for you. In the time of the Hebrew Bible, there was no surnames. Surnames. There were no surnames in those days. That is why every person will be identified son of so and son of so and so. Have you ever wondered the genealogy of Samuel? I am not testing you but I really want to understand who knows the genealogy of Samuel. The part of the genealogy is in these few verses. But it is not the complete genealogy. See, if you really want to get to the genealogy, turn to 1 Chronicles chapter 6. 1 Chronicles chapter 6. It's very interesting to note what is going on here. 1 Chronicles. 
ஒன்றுக்குறேன் If someone finds it before me let me know 28 28 verse 28 thank you christy verse 28 the descendant 28 layer ke the son of samuel joel was the first born abija the second son if you work your way back from chapter tw- from verse 28 to verse 1 you will be able to trace samuel up to levi neengal samuel irundhu Uh, you now you know that Samuel was the, actually the son of Jacob. Samuel Jacob in Kumaran endru theriyum. And he comes from the tribe of Levites. Avan Levi kotrathai serndavar. See the tribe of Levites what was their special thing work that God gave them? Levi kotrathirkaga aandavar mukkiyamaga kodutha kaaryam enna endru. God called them to serve in his tabernacle. Avargalai aasiripu kudarathil vela seivadharkaga aandavar therindukonda. God gave that promise at the very beginning when they entered the promised land. Avargal aandu and here we see a faithful god fulfilling that promise in the life of samuel when you look at the genealogy of samuel 15 generations take him all the way up to levi not only that the bible says that elkana was an ephraimite Do you know Nerd, Boaz and 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 uh, and 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 um, uh, uh, Naomi? Between the book of Judges and book of Samuel you see the book of Ruth. நியாயாதிபதிகளுக்கும் சாமுவேலுக்கும் நடுவாக ஒரு புத்தகம் இருக்கிறது ரூத் போத் தீஸ் பீப்பிள் நயோமி அண்ட் போஆஸ் வேர் ஆல்சோ இஃப்ரமைட்ஸ் இங்கே பார்க்கிறோம் நயோமி போஆஸ் ரெண்டு பேருமே அவர்கள் வந்து அந்த same clan as samuel adhe kotrathai serndavar dhan samuel david also was an ephraimite david also ephraimite serndavar when god gives a prophecy to the prophet micah about a coming jesus christ andavar meega dirkadarsikku varapogura messiahai kurithu dirkadarsikku he says a prophet will be born in ephraimite bethlehem adhile sollapatirukirathu ephraim ennapatta bethlehemey this one word ephraimite has so much of significance and ephraim endra oru vaarthaiki miga mukkiyamaana arthangal it goes back to the birth place of jesus too adu vandu yesu christuvin pirappurku neraga selugirathu finally one more important detail kadaisiyaga oru oru mukkiyamaana karyam did you ever wonder when hannah takes samuel to the temple ஒரு <laughs> அந்த குழந்தையின் தலையில் சவரகன் கத்தி படுவதில்லை you the bible talks about the nazarites வேதாகமம் நசரேயனை குறித்து பேசுகிறது could you guys name a few nazarites in the bible நீங்கள் வேதாகமத்தில் சொல்லப்பட்ட சில நசரேயர்களை நீங்கள் குறிப்பிட முடியுமா samson jesus christ yes john the baptist do you think samuel was a nazarite 
No, isn't it? Let me give you the detail. In the book of 1 Samuel 1.11, see our Bibles is a translation, especially our Old Testament. Is a translation from what is called as a Masoretic text. For those of you who attended Bible study, you will know this history. In our Bibles, the Bible does not give us the detail about Samuel being a Nazarite. But if you go to the Greek translation of the Bible, or if you go to the scrolls of the Dead Sea Scrolls, for those of you who don't know to date, in 1947, this world discovered scrolls in a cave in Qumran. Those scrolls are called the Dead Sea Scrolls. They are the oldest known manuscripts of the Bible. In, that, in the Dead Sea Scrolls, in 1 Samuel 1.11, it adds the details that Samuel was actually a Nazarite. This man is also along with, with Samson and John the Baptist. Another important detail there. All these three Nazarites, Samson, Samuel, John the Baptist, all three were born to barren women. The Bible says so. We are looking at the book of 1 Samuel, only chapter 1. I called out a few things that you might have missed when you are reading this part of the Bible. I spoke about what barrenness means. I spoke about why Hannah used the word king. I spoke about 1 Samuel being a turning point in the history of Israel. I called out that a temple did not exist during that time. I called out that Samuel can trace his lineage back to the Levi tribes. I called out that Samuel was also a Nazarite. All of these details are just in that one single chapter that we have been reading. But when we read the book of the, the Bible, many times we miss this detail. I've drawn your attention to those details today. Now, we are, I'm just going to spend a few more minutes and land a few things and then we will conclude. Turn your Bible to 1 Samuel 1 verse 9. The very first book of 1 Samuel, verse 9. The second part of it. The Bible is giving us some detail. Now Eli, the priest, was sitting on the chair by the doorpost of the temple. Why is the Bible telling us where the priest was sitting? Have you ever wondered why the Bible gives us such detail? Clearly the Bible is saying Eli was sitting at the doorway. 
பேராமன் தெளிவாக கூறுகிறது ஏலி வாசல் நிலையத்தில் இட் சீம்ஸ் லைக் an incidental detail இது ஒரு சம்பவத்தின் ஒரு சாதாரணமாக சொல்லப்பட்டது என்று நாம் நினைக்கிறோம் பட் देयर இஸ் சிக்னிஃபிகன்ஸ் இன் இட் ஆனால் ஒரு முக்கியத்துவம் அங்கே இருக்கு and that significance has a lesson that we must learn for our lives today அந்த ஒரு முக்கியத்துவத்தின் மூலமாக நாம் நம் வாழ்க்கைக்கு தேவையான ஒரு காரியத்தை கற்றுக்கொள்ள many of you will be familiar with the book of ezekiel நீங்கள் अनेகருக்கு தெரிந்திருக்கக்கூடும் எசேக்கியல் புத்தகத்தை இந்த எசேக்கியல் 22 chapter verses 30 This is what the Bible says. I looked for someone among you. Who will build up the wall. And stand before me in the gap. On behalf of the land so that I will not have to destroy it. But I found no one. Tamil explains very well. Tirupile. to stand in the gap and pray the lord says i found no one nan suvarai adaikum thakkadaga or manushanai thedinen oruvanaiyum kaanen endru see in those days when god wanted to speak to the people he used the priests to speak to them அந்த நாட்களில் ஆண்டவர் ஜனங்களோடு பேச வேண்டும் என்றால் ஒரு ஆசாரியன் மூலமாக அவர் பேசுவார் Eli was meant to stand in the gap between God and the people அந்த ஆசாரியன் தேவனுக்கு மனிதருக்கு நடுவாக இருக்கக்கூடியவர் One of the key responsibilities of the priest in the tabernacle was that அதே ஆசிரிப்பு குடாரத்தில் இருக்கிற ஆசாரியனின் ஒரு முக்கியமான வேலை அதுதான் He was a mediator between the people and the Lord அவன் ஜனங்களுக்கும் தேவனுக்கும் இடையில் உள்ள மத்தியஸ்தன் But this priest of the Lord ஆனால் இந்த தேவனுடைய ஆசாரியன் who serves in the temple of the Lord அவன் தேவனுடைய ஜபிக்கிறாள்ாய் <laughs> தேவனுடைய <laughs> All of this detail is in one Samuel chapter one. And the all things are one Samuel. Anna says, "No, my Lord, I've been praying to God." Anna, Anna also said, "No, I'm not. I'm not even going to be there." The Bible describes Hannah as pouring her heart out to God. Anna also said, "Anna, I'm not even going to be there." Some of the little we do not know the details of that prayer. நினைக்கிறார் <laughs> If you just rewind a few chapters into Judges 17 to 21. நீங்கள் பின்னாடி சென்று நியாயதிபதிகள் 17 இலிருந்து 21 ஆம் அதிகாரம் வரை வாசிப்பீர்கள் I hope you will go home and you will actually read those verses. நான் விசுவாசிக்கிறேன் நீங்கள் வீட்ல சென்று அதை வாசிப்பீர்கள். They come just before 1 Samuel 1. அவைகள் 1 Samuel 1 க்கு கொஞ்சம் முன்பாக வருகிறது. In those days there was that division did not exist. அந்த நாட்களில் வேதாகமத்தில் அந்த பிரிவுகள் இல்லை. If you read Judges 17 to 21. The Bible will tell you about the corruption of the priest during the time of Israel. Vedangam solugira 
அந்த காலத்துல ஆசாரிகள் எவ்வாறாக தீட்டப்பட்டிருந்தார்கள் This is the same story that is continuing into the book of Samuel அதே கதை தான் நாம் இங்கே 1 சாமுவேல் 1 ஆம் அதிகாரத்தில் தொடர்ச்சியாக Prayer at Shiloh was so rare சீலோவிலே ஜபம் என்பது ஒரு கடினமான ஒரு காரியம் In the temple courts people used to be drunk அந்த தேவாலயத்திலே ஜனங்கள் குடித்திருந்தார்கள் Next Sunday we will be looking at chapter 2 அடுத்த வாரம் நாம் இரண்டாம் அதிகாரத்தை We will be focusing on Eliyahu's sons நாம் நடைபெற்றும் இந்த அண்ணாலின் குழந்தை இல்லாமே when she stands in the gap and cries to god அவள் திரப்பிலே நின்று ஆண்டவரை நோக்கி அழுதுகிறது not only does it bring a blessing into hannah's life அது அண்ணாலின் வாழ்க்கையில் ஆசீர்வாதத்தை மட்டுமல்ல it begins a revival in whole of israel இஸ்ரவேல் முழுவதற்கும் ஒரு எழுப்புதலை கொண்டு வந்தது god uses hannah's faith not only to bless her அண்ணாலின் விசுவாசத்தை அவளை ஆசீர்வதிப்பதற்கு மட்டும் ஆண்டவர் but through her god even blesses the nation israel ஆண்டவர் இஸ்ரவேலே அதன் மூலமாக and eventually god blesses us through that ஆண்டவர் அதன் மூலமாக நம்மளையும் ஆசீர்வதிக்கிறார் here is the point my brothers and sisters இங்கே நான் சொல்ல வருகிற காரியம் catch this point இதை பிடித்துக்கொள்ளுங்கள் when you go through a troubling time in your life நீங்கள் கஷ்டமான நேரத்தில் உங்கள் வாழ்க்கையிலே பிரச்சனை I'm not talking about ordinary troubles in your life நான் சாதாரணமான கஷ்டங்களை உங்களுடைய வாழ்க்கையில வர I'm talking about troubles that shake the core of your life நான் சொல்லுகிற கஷ்டங்கள் உங்களுடைய வாழ்க்கையின் விசுவாசத்தை அடிதலத்தை which breaks you அது உங்களை உடைக்கிறது which brings you to the floor உங்களை அது தரையில தள்ளி போடுது which brings you to such dire state that you have no other way to go அது உங்களை ஒரு வழியே இல்லாத ஒரு நிலமையில தள்ளி போடுது for some people this will last for months and years பல சில ஜனங்களுக்கு அது மாதங்கள் வருடங்களாக இருக்குது in those moments most of the time we are favorable to complain to god அந்த நேரத்திலே நாமளுக்கு ஆண்டவரை நோக்கி ஒரு குற்றப்படுத்துவதற்காக we say why me lord ஆண்டவரே ஏன் எனக்கு இப்படி why the circumstance for me lord இந்த காரியங்கள் ஏன் என் வாழ்க்கையிலே வந்தது why the trouble in my life lord in the custom and walking everybody around me are happy lord why are you breaking me lord why are you breaking me lord many a times we are in the circumstance i want you to realize one thing today my brothers and sisters in christ sometimes god puts us in that broken situation in those broken sisters situation he wants us to come and stand before him and cry out to him because god's intention is not only to bless you when you bring a faithful prayer crying out to god and when god uses that to bless you his blessing doesn't only stop with you that blessing will flow into many people and be a blessing to them hallelujah hallelujah do you believe what i am saying god this is how god uses people god uses the brokenness of people to become a blessing into the lives are you going through a brokenness in your life do you think that god has let go of your hand do you think that god has been forsaking you for year after year go to god and cry out to him tell him lord unless you bless me i will not leave you lord in the midst of a circumstance when there was sinfulness பாவங்கள் நிறைந்த சர்க்கம் சுற்றியுள்ள சூழ்நிலை here was a woman of faith 
Standing in the gap and crying to God. What happens when God blesses Hannah? It is a blessing not only to her. God uses Hannah to bring in the, the Savior, a coming Savior. The lineage of David. This is how God works. When I was a little boy, I spent time in a town in Tamil Nadu called Arani. Very close to Vellur. There it is known for silk saris. In my holiday, college holidays, I will spend my time in Vellur. In Arani. Only one street will be in that town. Total boring. So I will go to the weavers' homes. I will go and I will watch them weaving. It is very hypnotic. I don't know how many of you have seen that. There will be a rhythm to it. How many of you have seen a weaver working on the weave? They will pull one string this way. They will pull it this way. They will push a shuttle from one end to another end. When you look at what they are doing, you will only see a small piece of what they are weaving. Because as they are weaving that patusari, they will roll it up. Some of the patusaris, they weave it upside down. You, have you seen some patusaris when you look at the inside, asingamargum pagartheke? When you turn the other side, it will be beautiful. Blouse vanga pombad, overati ya ponda diki pora vanga na paapen. My point is this to you. Thread by thread, the weaver has to weave into that sari. Some threads are golden threads. Real golden threads they will weave into that sari. Some threads will have no color at all. As you watch that man weaving, and the sari emerging from the prayer from the weave. It'll look very bland. Some threads will be black in color. But when that sari is eventually finished, in Arani, this is what they will do. They will take the sari, they will go to the owner's house, the owner will be sitting on a high place. This man, the weaver, will go and sit down on the floor. And, and he will open the sari. He will open it step by step. And he will show them the sari. When that man opens that sari, that is when you will see the beautifulness of that sari. What is the point I am making to you? Don't be distracted. Give me your attention. Our lives too are like that sometimes. We are that patusari. Jesus is that weaver. Sometimes he puts in bland threads in our life. Ordinary threads. 
No color at all. Sometimes he will put a golden thread in your life. Whenever he puts a golden thread, we are all very happy. Oh God blessed me. Oh God did this for me. But when he puts that black thread in our life, we look at it and we are sad. My brothers and sisters in Christ, take this point in your life. When God works in your life, he is weaving you into something which is very beautiful. There will be some times when it is hurtful and painful. God's most important aspect is to create that beautiful sari in you. When you are going through the difficult time in your life, don't worry. Don't worry. God is making you into something beautiful. When the final result comes, it will be spectacular in the eyes. This is how God works in your life. Hallelujah. That is what happened to Hannah. Difficult time. Eventually, God blesses Hannah. Just like this weaver weaves this beautiful sari. I am almost done. Five minutes more. Last point I want to land with you. There is another important thing that Hannah does. If I ask you to take 30 seconds, I want, don't give me the answer. I'm not going to ask you for the answer. But I want you to bring it to the forefront of your mind. Today in your life, what is the most precious thing? Be true to yourself. What is the most precious thing? What is the most precious thing? Bring it to the front of your mind. The most precious thing. We all carry those most precious things in our life, don't we? What is that most precious thing? Now let's say I come to visit your house. I spotted it. And I say, give it to me. Will you give it to me? Will you give me that precious thing? I'm genuinely asking you, don't answer me, answer it in your mind. You may think, hey, Is that not the thought that will go through our mind? Yeah. What was the precious thing for Hannah at this point in her life? In this point in life, what was the treasure that Hannah had? It was Samson, her own son, isn't it? See, when my child went to school the very first day, my wife was crying. Two hours only the child was going to be in school. Two hours. We went and left Sherlin in school. All the way back my wife was crying. She was waiting till 12 o'clock. 11.30 and all she was standing by the school gate to, to bring the child back home. So precious a child is for a mother. But what does Hannah do here? That precious child, the Bible says in 1 Samuel 2.21, she takes it and she gives it to God. 1, sorry, 1 Samuel 1. 
The Bible says she takes that child and she gives it to the Lord. What does God do? In 1 Samuel 2.21 we have the answer. The Bible says, And the Lord was gracious to Hannah. She gave birth to three sons and two daughters. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel grew in the presence of the Lord. When we take what is most precious to us, and when we give it to the Lord, we tell him, Lord, take this. This is very precious for me, Lord. But I'm giving it to you, Lord. See, some people will say, some women don't wear jewels in the church. Some people will say, is it biblical, is it not biblical? I don't want to go into that subject. But when a time when I see women who do not wear jewels, this is the thought that comes to my mind. That is so precious to that person. Whether the Bible asks for it or not is a different story. But that person says, Lord, this is precious to me. But for you, Lord, I am not going to wear it. This is what we do when we fast. It is not twisting God's arm for him to do something for you. It is not forcing him to do something. It is saying, Lord, this is a need. I am hungry. But I am honoring you with my fasting Lord. When you take small things like this to the Lord. And when you honor the Lord. God takes what you give him. Not only does he bless you in return. What he has given you he takes and he uses it for his glory. What happens to Samuel? God uses him mightily. God uses him to anoint the first king of Israel. God uses him as his voice in Israel. Where did it all start? In the barrenness of Hannah. My brothers and sisters in Christ. Whenever we read the Bible. Do not even miss a single word. Every word has a reason and purpose and a detail. Today I called out certain aspects of 1 Samuel to you. Perhaps you did not know those details. But now you know. As we go into the book of Samuel, there are fascinating things that are there that we will see in the weeks to come. Not only did I stand here teaching you today, I also preached to you today. I emphasized it in your heart what Hannah did. In her most difficult circumstances. And what she did with the thing that she really treasured. These characters are written for us for a purpose. Are you zealous for God? Do you have a fire burning in you that you want to do something for God? Are you in a state where saying, Lord, you have blessed me? I want to become a useful tool to you, Lord. Genuinely, I want to use become useful to you, Lord. 
Take me and use me, Lord. Use me like you used Hannah, Lord. Ordinary person, Lord. If you are able to stand in the presence of God and ask God to do this in your life, God will do mighty things in your life. God will do mighty things in your life. My job is to preach and pray for you. It is God who will work in your life. It is His words that I stood preaching here today to you. God will use those words to work in your life. Do not take what you heard today ordinarily. The Lord is speaking to some of you today. God is going to use you in such a mighty way for His glorious purpose. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. Praise be to God.